you have your seeds ready, you have them ready to put in the garden, but we need to know what kind of tools we need. Well, Batavia and I are here to tell you our top three tools each, which equals six for that garden math. And we are going to dive in deep. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens podcast, where we talk about all things gardening and give the information out for you to be successful in your garden, whether it's your first or your last. We are your hosts, Ben, the backyard gardener, and Batavia, the front yard gardener. One in the country. One in the city. And this podcast is a companion podcast to the upcoming documentary, Backyard Gardens, a documentary about two families growing food for the first time in a world that lacks nutrition. So what's going on with you, Batavia? Oh, I'm digging my way out, you know, digging in some dirt, digging in a little bit of snow in the Midwest, yeah, looking at some seeds. Actually, I'm doing a lot of um, stalking on Instagram and YouTube for folks that have like spring already and summer and their gardens. And I'm trying to, you know, suppress my enviousness, (laughs) but otherwise I'm doing good. Yeah, same here. I always uh, tend to be looking at people getting ready, but, you know, our seeds are getting going and we got our gardens going and. We'll see. Mm -hmm. We'll see if the changes we've made this year are going to be successful. I'm sure they will. Well, most of them. But we, (laughs) yeah. But we are here today to tell you guys about tools, and we're just going to knock a few of them out right now because I think everybody knows about them. And that's going to be your shovel, your hand trowel or your spade, however you want to call it, a rake, a pair of pruners, and a water hose. Mm-hmm. So we're not even going to go over those at all because those are pretty basic and quite frankly should be common sense. But we do have a list of other ones that we are going to talk about. And so my first one for me would be a wheelbarrow. <laughs> like that's the most common thing for me to use um, one, I put my son in it, run him around the yard. So that's fun, but you can pull your wheelbarrow up and you can just dump your weeds in it, soil, mulch, move stuff around, but it's really useful. Sometimes if you're doing like a real big, like makeover or something like that, where you take your weed or your wheelbarrow and you can just pull it next to you and dump it, dump everything in it. And then you can roll it. So it saves on your back. Mm-hmm. So a lot of us have back issues. We sit down too much. We, we have bad posture, maybe have workout injuries, and this will really help you with that. And I personally use the cheapest wheelbarrow I can find. I should probably get a bigger, better one, but it's lasted me four years and this year might need a replacement, but mm-hmm. you know, and I don't know about you, Batavia, but do you think when you go buy something, do you always get like the biggest and baddest one or do you try and get the cheapest one? How do you do it? Well, it depends on, it's kind of like the size of the thing I'm buying. So if it's more heavy duty, I'll go generally always mid grade, even mid grade for my gas and my car. Right. You know, so I'm almost never going to the most expensive, but I do like, I don't buy garden tools like from the dollar store because I just, I know, you know, they're not going to last the season. Um, So I'm a middle of the way kind of gardener when it comes to expense for tools and things. That's exactly how I am too. I always, you know, what's the lowest, what's the highest, what's in the middle. That's what I get for pretty much everything in my life. (laughs) But, uh, what's one of yours? Well, let me, before I go into one of mine, I want to, um, add an asterisk to your wheelbarrow. So in my Uh early years of gardening, I actually got one because it feels like that's what you're supposed to have as a gardener. Right. Um, and it was really effective for exactly how Ben described it. Um, But my area kind of sitting in the city, I have a lot of narrow spaces. So my garage door, while I can slide or roll the wheelbarrow through it, it actually has a lip where you kind of step down from it. And it was really hard to, once it's loaded up, get that wheelbarrow from the garage to my garden area. Then also my, um, the sides of the house, like the gangways in some areas is what it's called. 
that's super duper narrow as well. So it was kind of hard to navigate. At some point, I think I was actually going around the block with my wheelbarrow. <laughs> it's like two doors down from me, it's around the corner. Um, so my note, if you're in a smaller area, is going to be, think about a rolling cart. That's what I've used for like the last four seasons and I love it. It's not, I'm not going to um, load concrete bags in it. So it's not that heavy duty, but kind of going with that whole middle grade, you know, middle of the road. I put dirt in and I put all the things that being described in it. Um, and it fits exactly in the spaces that I need in between my beds in between uh, the sides of the house. It's not a big deal for me to get it from the garage. I've actually even put it inside of my, the back of my truck. Um, when I'm actually going to get my free mulch. Uh, so I've used that to, to load it up. Um, so. Well, that's that's one reason, too, why we say to to put um, spaces in between your beds so you can get those things in and out. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing. So my next item or my first item, um, and it actually ties into where we just landed, And this seems common just in any home. Um, And you may or may not think about it for a garden, but measuring tape, right? You know, so a measuring tape, which you probably already have in your house, um, that's something that I use all the time, all the time in part because I'm always expanding my garden. Um, But most times it's really used just to make sure that I'm putting the right thing in the right space. Um, So like we were just talking about, I measured the space that I wanted to kind of navigate around with my little cart. And then when I got to the store, I measured the cart and that led led me to, it was the perfect size. Um, I also use it just as I'm trying to do like square foot gardening, (laughs) you know, kind of have to know what a foot, how long a foot is in your garden space. Um, So it seems maybe a little bit basic, um, but I keep it in my garden apron, like every time I'm in the garden. So you said a measuring tape. Yeah, measuring tape, yep. Okay, because I am blessed. My foot is exactly <laughs> one foot long. And because I live in the South, generally I'm gardening barefoot or in my flip-flops. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm lucky that way. But if you go back, um, one thing that might help you, I don't know, is if you go back to your um, like your spade hand trowel, mm-hmm. a lot of them have measurements etched into them, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and point. so you can yeah. use that to measure. Um, and I like that though because a lot of people don't think you have to measure, but in my experience, it is important to do that. You know, especially if you're not blessed to have a foot that's exactly <laughs> one foot long, <laughs> then yeah, I know I got I got big tugboats. So that, but, wait, does you know, that mean that you're stepping in your the spaces that you're you're measuring, like you're stepping in your garden bed to measure off a foot? Is that what you're doing? Oh, you damn right I am. <laughs> Look, I lived I lived in New England for eight year eight or nine years, and I didn't see grass for. I mean, you know how it is. You don't see grass all winter. Mm-hmm. So when I could first see it, I was in it. Mm-hmm. And there's no, no better feeling than warm soil under my feet. So, and that's why I use, um, well, we'll get into this in another episode, but I have methods to wash my feet off before I contaminate my whole house. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, but yeah, so that's a, that's an important thing to do, um, to have. And mine is going to be a garden hoe. Mm-hmm. It's a very tricky tool. <laughs> I feel like you're stealing my, from my list now, right? You're lucky I, know, you're lucky I, I have some backups in the reserve. So. <laughs> I saw your face just drop. <laughs> so, and just so you guys know, we don't talk about these beforehand. <laughs> so we like to just kind of throw them out there. But um, the garden hoe, and you might be able to chime in on this because I don't know all the ways to use a garden hoe. Mm-hmm. I thought at one point it was for just getting there and turning up the soil. But then there's other things you can do with it. Like I take it and I rotate it 45 degrees and I'll run a line down to put my seeds in mm-hmm. if I'm doing something. So there's that. There's chopping weeds with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the extent of my knowledge with a hoe for now, other than the joke that I get to say with my wife in the garden about it, but that's a different so, I mean, story. You're using it to like dig a hole to plant um, a plant in too, right? You're using it for that as well. No, mm. not necessarily. Mm-hmm. I'm using it to break up the soil. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
if it's like compacted or anything. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of what I've been using it for. But I don't I mean, what do you use it for? Yeah, Same things. But I also because um, I mean, we'll find out in future episodes, but I'm kind of a lazy gardener. Um, so even though <laughs> even though I'm, you know, planting a lot of things and, you know, I have I'm always adding garden space. I still don't like to do more work than I feel like I really want to or need to do. Um, so for me, I'll get like my, some of the tools we've already named, I'll put them into my little rolling cart. But if I forget one, like if I forget, you know, God forbid my shovel, I'll use the, the hoe to do that same work. Right. You know, so for right. sure I turn over the dirt with it. I definitely use it for, um, you know, to chop up weeds. But let's say I don't have the garden trowel or the spade. I'll use it to um, <coughs> dig the hole that I'm going to drop my tomato plant in, you know, kind of create that space that I need for it. Um, I also okay. use it to kind of smooth over my smooth over my soil, you know, kind of almost as a, um, you know how when you're, well, I don't necessarily do this, but when people make cakes and they put icing on cakes and they have like the spatula or some smoothing utensil for the icing, like I use the garden hoe for that as well, right? So I'm all about multi-purpose for these tools. Yeah, I use, actually for that, I use the backside of uh, a hard rake. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The That's steel rake, yeah. To, to, yeah, to kind of even it out. Yeah. Well, you took that but off I, of our I, list though, so I, I didn't want to mention that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the thing is, is, from what I understand, the garden hoe is the most versatile tool in a gardener's toolbox. Mm -hmm. So I got a lot to learn about the hoe. That's all I got to say. Well, make sure. And they're actually really reasonably priced. Um, yeah. So the only thing I've noted, I've actually, um, and it depends on the store. If you're near a city and you're maybe a city gardener like me, a lot of these big box stores have, well, the... Um, the person that makes the tool, they have like 10 year, 15 year, 20 year warranties, right? And a lot of those stores honor that. So I've had a couple of garden tools, maybe not so much shovels, but the, you know, that steel rake you mentioned, um, the hoe even where it separates the wood piece from the actual tool. And I've just taken it back to the store, you know, cause I'm aggressively gardening. That's what it really is. So I just right. take it back to the store and they just give me another one. But I mean, you could get them from anywhere between 15 and 20 bucks in my neck of the woods. Um, so it's definitely one that I'd add to your list if you don't already have one. You want me to tell you how much I spent on my hoe? You're going to be upset. Well, I'm not, don't tell me because my very first hoe was given to me by my grandparents. So I spent $0. Now top that. <laughs> well, it's three ninety seven for a hoe for me. Get out of here. Like a, like yeah. mid grade quality. How many seasons? There's only, uh, I've had this one for six years. So I feel like there maybe needs to be a pipeline or something. Like maybe I'm going to have to figure out the shipping fees. Like I'm going to have to have you buy my garden tools and then yeah. ship them to Chicago. Because clearly I can't I'm, imagine what a hoe would cost. I'm getting robbed out here. All right. It's the beauty of living in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Actually, you may hear some of that. When I, since I don't live in the middle of nowhere, um, I have big trucks doing city work outside of my window. So Ben can see me looking out every now and again because I'm trying to figure out, you know, if they're building a new street and I don't know about it. Um, but, you know, we'll see. All right. So Ben's going to growl at me, but um, while we took holes off of our list because it's kind of one of the standards, I actually have. Um, <laughs> I have a buddy that is very, very new to growing things. And last summer he bought some um, beautiful um, hydrangeas, right? He had this vision of like this hydrangeas, you know, bed. And, and one of the things, and I won't name names, but when he listens to this, he'll know I'm talking about him. One of the things that he didn't do um, was kind of care for his watering tools. So he didn't have a hose, right? We know that now that's a basic need, but he also didn't have a watering can, right? You know, so my next one is going to be a watering can, super basic, but, and super price, 
um, you know, conscious is very well in my area. I guess cheat means something different than to me than being. Um, <laughs> but I actually use a combination of water hose and um, water cans. If you're supplementing, like if you're adding fertilizer or anything or a plant food, it's easy to put that plant food inside of the watering watering can. Um, I use the watering can maybe more so for flowers versus like watering my vegetables. Um, and it just creates a little bit of diversity when it comes to me watering. Remember, I'm watering everything by hand still. Um, and I bring those inside during the uh, winter, just as I do a lot of my garden tools. Um, and I use those in the house for the plants that I have as well. So again, multi-purpose. So I'm going to go with a standard but lovable watering can. I, I I completely agree with you. And I feel like if you don't, if you're not doing like, you know, you have like a potted flower, I, I think that's really overlooked mm-hmm. because Batavia is exactly right. You can, I mean, just adding the fertilizer, cause I use fish emulsion fertilizer mm-hmm. every two weeks and I don't want that stuff on my hands. It's putrid, <laughs> you know, that stuff stinks, but then to get the mixture right and everything mm-hmm. and. It also helps save with water. Mm-hmm. And when it's a big thing for me is whenever I put a seed in the soil or I put I first plant my plants. Then that's when I use the watering can at first, you know, because sometimes I don't go ham and just go out there and just plant everything. Sometimes I'll do one bed one day, one bed the next, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. So then you can go out and really spot water. And I can give you a tip um, – a lot of people, so I've, it's made it known that I grow a bonsai. And what we use is we have a watering can, but it's the, um, oh, I don't even know what it's called. The, the part that the water comes out the of. The nozzle? Sure. The <laughs> nozzle is turned upwards, right? Mm-hmm. And so when that happens, what it does is the water comes out, but then it kind of rains down on the plant. Mm-hmm. And what and that does, like for me, because our soil we use, I use like academia clay, like rocks basically, and it doesn't throw it out everywhere, but it translates perfectly into the garden because those nice tender plants, it doesn't really wreck them and it'll kind of water up. Mm-hmm. So it'll, it'll give a nice gentle rain on them and you can get, um, they're, they're Japanese and I'm sure that there's other ones normal that have the removable nozzle and you can just spin them. But if you wanted to get one, like I have, and I'll put it in the show notes, you can get them at Dallas Bonsai and they're like eight or nine bucks and you can get multiple sizes. They're plastic, they're cheap, but, um, they're Japanese made specifically for that. But I used, I've used them for years because I didn't feel like buying another one. And one time I did use one where it just spit out the water, mm-hmm. like, you know, stream. And it just moved the soil so much, exposed the roots that I was back in there digging in the mud. And I didn't really want to do that. So Yeah. And just to go back, an excellent point. I actually commented on this, I think, in a video that I did once. The When you're planting seeds directly into the garden... Um, you don't want to bring like the power of a hose there and wash those away. And so you mentioned this bin where, you know, with a watering can, most times that water is going to come out in a sprinkle um, and it's a lot more gentle. You can control kind of the stream of that water. Um, and I, that's absolutely what I do. Because I, remember, I've been planting seeds, direct sowing seeds for the last two or three years. Um, and that was a lesson I learned really quickly. Um, and so I transitioned right. to using a water can with that. So I know that you have one on your list that you're saving. Mm. So, and I want to say it so <laughs> bad, but I won't. I will not say. You've it, already stolen all of my garden tool thunder. <laughs> <laughs> I will not do that. Um, you know, in all honesty, at this point in the podcast, if you had everything we talked about. I think you'd be good to go. Like anything from here on is just kind of a bonus to make your life easier. What do you think? I think so too. I think we've uh, covered off on, so that was five to begin with, plus four from each of us. We're at nine, right? You know, and that's one of the things we want to make sure that we express. Like you don't need a lot of things to garden. Right. Right. And I ne- I didn't have all of these things in my first year of gardening or even in my second year of gardening. Now, would it have made it easier? Probably so, you know, but um, I've added to my collection over the years. Right. And I, and that's the thing is, we, we really try to hammer in is it doesn't have to be expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to get the expensive, sh- get the cheapest shovel you can get 
and stick it in the shed. Mm-hmm. Stick it in your garage so it doesn't get wet. And guess what? It will last you 10 years that way. As long as you take care of it. You know, I don't really take care of my stuff as much as I should. That's why I usually get the mid-grade. But <laughs> Or have, so my, um, or wait, you, they probably should send a list of their tool requests to you because clearly... Um, you have the market on, you know, the cheapest tools yeah. ever. <laughs> so that's an yeah, option. the cheapest yeah. tools. So the the specialty tool, I'm going to say, and this is not one that I use per se, but my wife is in love with it. And it is a soil knife. Mm. And it basically, look, I know you didn't have that on your list. No, I did not. It basically is a knife. Okay. And we call it the Rambo knife. <laughs> and on one side is serrated. And on the other side is um, dull, and then it's pointed at the end, but it's kind of got um, it's concave in the middle, like a little bit like a hand trowel. Mm-hmm. And what that's good for is if you need to get in there, you can move soil with it. You can saw something with it, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm not saying, you know, like survival style, but, you know, if you had like a big plant you needed to remove or something, you could, you could kind of work at it. You know, big weed, she uses it for weeds mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. lot. Cause if you've watched the YouTube videos, you've seen that she's my weeder. <laughs> I don't know. She loves it. It's weird, but it's good for a lot of different things. And sometimes you can get them serrated on both sides. So be careful with it. Um, keep it out of reach for of your children. But my son, he grabs it and, you know, we watch him, but it's a really good thing. And the technical name to it is a Hori Hori, mm-hmm. H-O-R-I, H-O-R-I. And that's just a real versatile, it's a specialty tool. You do not need to get one, but if you have like a lot of like a problem area with big, you know, invasive weeds or something, then it, it is a good thing to have. And they're not very, you know, you can get them five, 10 bucks, something like that. Nice. I may put it on my garden wish list. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty. So I have uh, for my last one, same idea. It's not something you need at all. I actually had my very first one last year um, and it is a garden apron. I know. So there are different versions of it. It doesn't have to be an apron. It could be a garden bag. Um, But I love it. It gets me in the garden zone. I put it on in the morning and I feel like, all right, I have garden work to do. Um, I keep seed packets in it. I keep... um, I even keep my uh, my trowel in it. I keep my pruners in it. Um, it's actually the one I have is designed for your harvest as you're, you know, collecting your vegetables off of the plants. You know, it's really made to put the veggies inside of the apron. Um, but I love it. I have one that goes around my neck and around my waist. Um, so it's the full kind of, you know, neck to kind of mid thigh apron Then I have one that I just tie around my waist. I love it so much. I bought a second one. Now the low cost version of that, and we've mentioned this in previous episodes is a good old bucket. You know, so the low cost to no cost version of that, you can put all of those things in anywhere from, uh, three gallon bucket to a five gallon bucket and you will feel just like a gardener like I do when I put on my apron. Um, Mm -hmm. But if you want to, you know, for those epic uh, Instagram pictures, you know, it's always nice to have a colorful garden apron on. Just a note. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think I'm going to be wearing an apron. (laughs) Well, I was trying to remember, I mentioned the garden bag. You can, you know, very masculine, maybe um, kind of olive green bag, you know, maybe, maybe, no. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if I can do the bag. I don't even know if I can do a bag. What I do do, however, and um, I think we may have met our limit on what we had set for ourselves, but this, I'm ashamed that I didn't even, this should have been number one. You need a um, container to harvest your vegetables mm-hmm. in. Okay. And I personally use a uh, like a old school basket a woven basket and you can go to a thrift store and find them for like three dollars yeah but what i do is i keep my clippers in there um i'll keep you know various little tools that i you know i go out to harvest i grab it it has my clippers in it it might have a you know i have a small pair and a big pair of clippers and that is basically it you know if you wore gloves you could put gloves in there Mm -hmm stuff like that but and that allows me to take things out to my garden but then bring things back in 
So when I keep it on top of my refrigerator and I just grab it every day and that's the same thing. But what it does for me, like I can use a bucket, I can use all that stuff. But what it does for me is it puts me in, it's like your apron. Mm -hmm. It puts me in that gardening space and I know it seems kind of weird, but when I grab my little bat, my woven basket, I feel special. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm about to go handle something Mm -hmm. like that's the moment when you grab that thing that you know that you are about to enjoy the fruits of your labor. Absolutely. It's a reward. Like this is, this it's is we're reward. getting into like that space. You, yeah, exactly. When you grab it, you know that you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's a very important thing to have. And I can't believe neither one of us really said something it, it, like it that. It wasn't even on my bonus list. Like when I knew you were going to steal all of my, my ideas and my tools, I didn't even have it on my extra reserve list, but you're absolutely right. I, um, I don't have a special basket. I use a lot of um, bowls, like bigger bowls that I have in the kitchen. Um, And this is where I go super duper cheap. And it's even possible to get cheaper than Ben's $3 gift or thrift store basket. If you go to, this is where I will buy things from the dollar store. So they have some of those bigger kind of baskets with handles on either side. It's a dollar, right? You know, so I'll go and I'll pick up a couple of those. Um, and I've used those season over season. We hinted at this and I don't do the best job at it uh, because I think I have actually a, a trowel outside right now um, in, in the uh, in the weather, the rain and all. But what you make, make sure you want to do is bring your tools inside. So if it's inside of a garage, inside of the shed, like Ben mentioned, or indoors, you want to make sure you do that. I actually have one of those baskets that's sitting on my back porch that I forgot about. And over the season, you know, the off season, it's been rained on, snowed on, it's cracked up. Uh, but if you don't do like I do and just do like I say and bring your tools inside, um, you'll get a lot of years out of them. And it adds to the joy yeah, of gardening, I, right? Yeah, I have a really bad habit, and um, my wife is going to cheer when she listens to this, <laughs> is I'll do a project, and it might be something as simple as harvesting something, but then when I'm done, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Like, I literally leave everybody everything behind. Mm-hmm. So I have a really bad habit, and the same thing with my gardening tools, but if, and I should practice what I preach, and I've gone over this in a previous episode, but washing your tools and storing them is always a good thing Mm -hmm. and if not then just note that you're going to be buying tools more often yeah Yeah. or that tool is going to break when you need it most Mm -hmm. you know like right now when i put my shovel in the ground i can hear it creak creak Mm -hmm. you know it start it wants to break so the countdown is on for it yeah 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 and and i mean that could be a motivation to buy a more expensive tool Mm -hmm. maybe because they are designed to be you know, beat up more. Yeah. More wear and tear. Yeah. More wear and tear. So I don't know. The the jury's out on that for me. I'm not really sold either way, but, um, yeah. So just make sure you take care of your tools if you can. And if you can't, then you're going to be buying more. Mm -hmm. That's right. (laughs) And I'm actually a fan of going to garden places and garden stores and all. I love it. It's a part of my garden experience. But I don't want to have to pull out my wallet if I don't have to. So I like looking at all of these things, but I don't want to have to buy them if I already have them. Yeah, I mean, tools are the last thing that you should worry about because in all reality, like you could put a plant in the ground with your bare hands. You know, you can measure with your fingers and figure out a distance. You can eyeball it. You know, there's a lot of ways to get around that stuff. Yeah, it's actually so kind of as we, we round out here. As we think about the tools that outside of maybe something to water your plants with, like if I think back on what we've shared, even the basic ones at the beginning, none of those help grow food, you know, so Mm -hmm. they're not going to get, you know, lead to more tomatoes or, you know, they're not going to help you, you know get, you know, more green beans or anything like that. Um, They make the garden experience a bit easier, you know, and they also make it, I believe, a bit more enjoyable. Um, So it doesn't have to be backbreaking work all the time, but these aren't by any means necessities. A lot of these even are niceties. Maybe not the apron, because I think I'm now going on a campaign that every gardener (sighs) should have an apron, (laughs) including you, Ben. No, last podcast I decided to do the square foot. I'm not going to join the apron gang just yet. <laughs> that, was, well, that wasn't a honest, hard no, though. That wasn't a hard no. <laughs> well, 
Well, honestly, for me, it's so hot down here in the summertime mm-hmm. that any th- extra fabric yeah, on me yeah. is just brutal. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I turn on the sprinkler and go harvest because mm-hmm. it's so hot. You know, we'll have 100 degree days and it's, you know, it can be kind of terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, do you use power tools at all for anything? Um, no, I mean, a drill is a power tool, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything that's like mechanical. So I use a drill and then at some point, I don't even know what it's called, but it's um, a saw sorts, an electric saw, but it has a really small blade. And I used, I bought it originally because I was going to cut down this um, tree weed that was growing between me and my neighbor's fence. That never happened, but I have used it to cut other things. You'll learn that once I purchase something, if it's past the uh, return period, I'll keep it and find a reason to use it. So I think I was using yeah. it at some point that saw to cut uh, some of my PVC pipe that I use in my garden um, for different things. So those are the only two pieces. Um, and I'm going to, I wouldn't use either of them. I wouldn't even use the drill if I didn't have raised beds. And that's a part of what I'm, when I build raised beds, I'm you know, drilling the nails in or the screws in. And then the saw was only because, again, I bought it for one purpose, didn't work for that. And I felt vindicated when I was able to reuse it. Yeah, I use, um, well, you know, for me, I've used a chainsaw because, well, first of all, I had to buy a chainsaw because I had a giant tree fall in the hurricane. Mm -hmm. And then after that, we had more trees fall and it kind of made where our in-ground bed is that we've been working on. So we kind of use it to clear up, but, um, a tiller, Mm. what are your thoughts on a tiller? I'm about to take this on a totally different level. And I'm ready to go there. Um, so I, um, my space, remember that I have most of my backyard garden is sitting on my concrete patio. Um, so there's only one space that I would ever use a tiller for, and I never used one for, but this past year when I did, you know, the unholy front yard gardening um, so when I went Ooh, to the, we don't talk about I know, that I know when I went to this other space around my home to garden I regret not having a tiller not even renting one um, because I once I pulled up all of that grass um, which I think on one episode you shared that you know that's something you want to do I don't think that you have to do it I'm glad I did but once I dug up all of that grass with a regular old shovel there was it was so uneven uh, the, the dirt was, I'm going to call it dirt in this instance. Um, and it was so lumpy. Um, there were dips in it. And I really, I ended up paying someone to till it for me, you know? So I really, oh, really? yeah. And I really, um, part of the whole idea of me digging everything up on my own was to save monies. And I bet I spent, you know, I bet I could have had someone dig up the, the sod and till it for the same price I had the guy till it for. Um, so if you have a bigger project or bigger beds or bigger garden areas, I think it's a really good investment, at least for renting, you know? Well, and that's the key. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a good investment. I think it's a good to rent them, mm-hmm. but you know, I would not, ever say go out and buy a tiller mm-hmm. because I rented my I rented the tiller for me it was way bigger than the one because I thought about I was like well maybe I'll buy one and the one I you know I was like I'm not dropping 1200 bucks on yeah. a tiller and the one I had was like that picked out for me to buy was like super small so I went up and I rented this giant tiller 40 bucks mm-hmm. I had it for four hours and I told my wife and kid I said y'all can sit outside you can do whatever you want I'm about to go ham on this thing I'm about to get out here and tear it up mm-hmm. and I tilled the whole because th- it was just virgin soil yeah. dirt whatever you want to call it so renting these tools is a very good thing and you know Home Depot Lowe's mm-hmm. all those places do and you might even find somewhere around you that will rent these tools to you but um, my question is do you think tilling is good Oh, okay. So yeah. are we are we headed into the whole the no dig gardening kind of theory? Um I I'm the jury's out for me on that. So I love turning over soil. It's one of those things that kind of folds into my we're at the beginning of the season. It's a part a ritual almost for me. And I don't know, I mean, I've been gardening almost a dozen years now and I don't know that I'm going to say I have enough experience to say, you know, whether or not the years I didn't do it versus the years I did, it's all the same for me. So I'm still pro tilling, um, not, and I'm going to use tilling loosely, not with the kind of machinery 
I don't think that that's required at all. Because remember, I only did it this one year just to even out my soil. Um, but I am very okay with you getting in your garden and digging around and turning over soil. Yes, I'm. Yeah. Yes, I'm gonna stand firm, firm in that. <laughs> so I think, and I've done some research, and and so the and what is debated, or quite frankly, is told to you, is that tilling is bad. And turning your soil is bad because it disturbs the microbes within your soil that have built up throughout the growing season or whatever and can set you back. Mm -hmm. So I come at that from two angles. One, if you're starting a bed from scratch in the ground, you need to go get a tiller. Okay, you you just got to break it all up and the tiller is going to make short order of it and it's going to do the trick. Now, that being said... No dig gardens and all that stuff. Like the reason why I don't get in there and turn all my soil all the time is because those weed seeds that Mm -hmm. have fallen, Mm -hmm. when you turn them, you actually bring them to the surface and activate them. That is the sole reason why I don't do it. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I, and I, everything that I do in my life, literally everything I think back to, well, damn, back in the day. They tilled their soil every year and they all, they all ate, you know what I mean? Like my grandfather had a huge garden. He tilled it every single year. Mm -hmm. He bought a tiller every year. He got until, and he had buku's vegetables. Mm -hmm. So I don't really see, you know, the downfall. And what I feel like is people, I feel like people run out of things to talk about for gardening sometimes. (laughs) And so they kind of make it to where we got to talk about this. You know, but if you feel like tilling, I don't see a problem with it. Yeah. And I'm okay with, um, you know, it's kind of like, let's reinvent the thing that's been working. Right. You know, right. so um, I definitely I initially viewed it as a low maintenance kind of tool, if you will, you know, low maintenance mm-hmm. method. Um, but you're spot on when it comes to you're not going to like my the place that we don't call a front yard where my garden is and one of my gardens is, you know, we, you're not going to get out there and dig up that dirt and then plant a tomato plant in that soil. That's not your, that compacted soil is, is not going to produce what I wanted to produce. So I think when I started researching no dig gardening, these were already established gardens you know, so this is potentially year three or four or five or six that they're transitioning right. into that no dig method. And they've been kind of working that land, that soil, that garden area for years before. Now, there may be some people that go straight from, you know, no garden to no dig. And if that works for them, you know, by all means. But, um, you know, it's well, it's trendy you, now. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you just had version... So- virgin ground and you just dug a hole and plopped a plant in it you're still going to get something to grow something that yeah, but it's some not going to yeah. be as productive okay and i think that's the key is you know we're really targeting small spaces mm-hmm. so you want to be as productive as you can within these spaces but again like i just don't i don't get it i don't get what people are so you know and some people are very passionate mm-hmm. about tilling And, you know, I, you know, oh, you're going to destroy the microbes and they're living organisms too. And it's like, I get it. You know, (laughs) I get it. You know, I was vegan for five years and I didn't want to hurt anything. But at the same time, like, it's not realistic, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's just all these different thoughts and processes on it. And I, you know, I have actually what I have to bring it back to tools is I have a hand tiller. Have you seen these? No, I haven't. They are the... It's about the the tines on it are about the size of maybe um, like a really big soup can. And then it's on a long pole with a T and you just sit there and you would twist it in a circular motion back and forth. Ah, mm-hmm. And that will till like a little small spot. And because, um, you know, I got that at a certain point. I was like, this is what I'm going to use. <laughs> well, let me go ahead and tell you after I did one, f- I had a five by five bed. I tested on the blisters that blew up on my hand. <laughs> Within the first 30 minutes, I was all set. But And actually, I was thinking, as I never use it, but I was thinking this year before I put a plan in, maybe I'll take it and because it's designed, it looks like it's designed for that specific area where a plant is. Maybe I'll just till that little bit of area right there where the plant's going just to kind of loosen it up mm-hmm. and see, you know, just because, you know, the fluffier your soil is, 
the roots can spread. Yeah. Okay. So the way the roots go is you have your long roots, but then you have these fibrous roots that come off of them. And those are what feeds the plants. So you're going to want more of those, right? Well, the way to get those is to allow nooks and crannies and crevices for the roots to go and then spread them out. So like for me, that's why when you do, um, and I bring this back to the bonsai cause it's taught me so much. And does those, that rock soil that I use mm-hmm. is that's exactly what it does. It's kind of sharp. So when it comes in, the roots grow and then it'll split off. And then when you pull out a plant, you know, a tree, it's just nothing but fibrous roots. And that's how you get healthy plants. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So fluffing up your soil is not a bad thing, I don't think. Yeah, having, a, you know, we say things like, you know, the soil needs to breathe, the plant needs to breathe, the roots need to breathe. Yeah. That's exactly it. And that's the reason why air. compacted, you know, dirt or soil um, c- can be problematic for sure for seed. Um, if you're sowing seeds directly into the garden, that that is which we we know is probably the the lowest maintenance and um, the most cost effective way to garden. Um, that definitely you you want to kind of move that soil around a bit. Um, but tell me, go back for a second when you talked about um, kind of the weed seeds, right? And so you mentioned the one tool that your wife has that kind of is a weed chopper as well. Um, so right. what other the tools, Rambo knife. yeah, the Rambo knife, what other tools are you using to kind of manage against weeds in your space? I don't have a ton of problems with weeds, you know, I'm blessed in that way in my garden. Um, I, I work at it a little well, bit, but not what I've seen like on your channel with some of the battles you, you guys are fighting. Well, again, remember, I don't use, I haven't been using mulch. So that's probably where a good portion of my weeds come from. But in all honesty, what I use to battle weeds are my hands. Mm -hmm. And then another thing that I use, if you have dandelions are an issue, Mm -hmm. then you can use, um, you get a long flat blade screwdriver, real long, probably eight inches or so. Mm -hmm. And then you can take that flat blade screwdriver and you can put it right down like a dandelion specifically. Cause you know, a lot of people have those creep in because they have really long tap roots and then that will hit that tap root and then you can pry it up. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's a, that's one tool that I do use. It's just a simple screwdriver. It cost me, I think 50 cents and I've had it for 10 years and that's what it does. Um, but other than that, I just get in there and I, you got to make sure you get the roots out, yeah. you know, here, here. like I took my son out there last year and we were trying to stay on top of it. I was like, all right, this is it. This is the year <laughs> I'm going to teach you how to take care of weeds. And I was like, all right, you reach down and you get it at the base and you might wiggle a little bit and pull it up. And then he's like, okay, he did one. I was like, sweet. We're going to knock this out. I look over and he's pulling off the, just the top. I'm like, <laughs> here we go. You know, there's nothing but roots left. So it's just going to come right mm-hmm. back. But you know, it, and the thing is, is, and I do, and this is why I'm going to mulch this year is because I think prevention is the best mm-hmm. way to combat it. Okay. And I do want to make it known that, yes, I have not used mulch for three years. And yes, I've gotten 50 pound watermelons. And, you know, we had over 200 pounds of tomatoes last year. And, you know, we can 18 cans of green beans and stuff like that with no mulch. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to have it. But, you know, I think that for the weed prevention part, I think that's going to be a big deal. But you got to get it deep. It's all about light. Yeah. Because they're going to get watered. And that's why turning that soil, if the seed gets buried and you turn it and it's it's shallow enough, then all of a sudden it gets activated and it'll come back. Mm -hmm. And that's an issue. Yeah. I have um, one space and I actually was looking at some old um, camera um, pictures yesterday. And I have the very first place I built my garden. Um, Some summers... And it was actually summer. So some Junes, I would go out and there would be like five foot high weeds. And it's just exactly what you described. So I let the garden go in the fall. You know, I was done with everything, you know, and I was over it. And then as spring hit, you know, everything started to grow up and Every year that I wanted to garden, I would dig all of that stuff up. And like you said, that very first root that you're uh, a weed that your son pulled, I did exactly that. I did almost all of that with my hands and 
um, maybe a shovel and, you know, a garden rake or something, but some of the basic tools we talked about up front. Um, and these were all the years that I wasn't using mulch at all. You know, so I I tease, you know, a bit about not using mulch and, you know, the shock and the shame. But I think I started using mulch, what, two years ago? One year ago, Holy, maybe? look at you. Like, you're giving me a hard time and I you're know, new I'm still, to mulch. Yeah, I'm still a year in. It's still a year more though, right? But uh, besides decorative mulch, we're not talking about like, you know, what you're putting around your flower bed, like actual mulch for garden purposes. Last year well, or the no, year before was the first year that I did it. Let's remind everybody that Batavia gets mulch for free. Mm-hmm. Hence me using That's it right. now. Yeah. <laughs> you heard me. Free. I have a mulch so, guy. Yeah, I have a mulch guy. Yeah. yeah. She's got a mulch guy. <laughs> Most people have guys for other things. She's got a mulch mm-hmm, guy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and I guess I'm going to use mulch this year. And it's for two reasons. So one is for the weeds, but then the other one is for the aesthetics. Mm-hmm. Okay, because, you know, I've stated before, hold on, before I say, let's see how much time we have left. Okay, I'm not going to get too deep into it, Um, but, you know, I want my garden to look a little bit better Mm -hmm. and the weeds do make it unsightly. But if you put a nice little fresh layer of mulch on, it should be good. Now, am I going to re up my mulch next year? Probably not. Mm. I'm probably going to go a couple years, you know, and just see Mm -hmm. and if it becomes an issue. But you know, especially in the heat of the seasons and stuff like that, I think it'll help with the watering yeah. too. Yeah. Even though I don't really have an issue with watering other than I'd like to water less, but I don't think that's a possibility. Uh, we had a drought last year, so, you know, we were trying to water within the schedules mm-hmm. and da 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 and all that stuff. And, you know, it was really hot and all the ponds around us dried up and lakes and stuff. So, you know, global warming is a real thing. Absolutely. Um, for some people, for some people it's not, and that's fine. But, um, yeah, so I just, you know, there's multiple benefits to it. And, but if I, now, if I put mulch in my garden, am I going to till? No. Oh, it's I'm really, not going to yeah. till that mulch back into mm-hmm. it. Really good point. It's really surface level. And we talk about, you know, folks say two to three inches more if you have it, um, as far as the depth of the mulch, but definitely don't, um, kind of fold that mulch into your soil. Um, and, and we're talking about, you know, I'm using wood chips for mulch. I assume that's what you're going to use as well. I'm going to use the cheapest thing I can find. <laughs> Not even mid-grade? <laughs> nope. As long as, well, no, I take that back. The cheapest thing I called the other day was dyed. So I need mm, something that's mm-hmm. not dyed. I, th- I don't know what it's called, but um, yeah. I, 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 I actually, hear you. Mulch is like $3 a bag. Um, and that's what two cubic square feet, three dollars a yeah. bag. A bag is like nothing. So if I didn't have my mulch guy, which is really the city here, you know, there's a program where you just basically take a shovel and you know a bag and get free mulch. If I didn't have that, I'd be trying to figure out how to garden without it. Um, because it's so just let's it's take just your too number. expensive. What's two? So two cubic feet. You said let's just go off that number mm-hmm. and three dollars a bag, right? Because mm-hmm. you get. Th- so $3 a bag at two and I need 48 cubic feet. So you can do the math for that. What's two times 48, uh, $96, right? I can get the same amount delivered to me for 50 bucks. There it is. Delivered to my house for 50 bucks. And then I'm going to get my shovel put it in my wheelbarrow mm-hmm. and move it back. Or I'm going to shovel it in the back of my truck if you're blessed to have a truck and then I'm going to drive it back there and just dump it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that goes back to what we were talking about in the last episode or two. I don't remember which one it was now, but, you know, buying in bulk. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's where and these... waiting until the, the right time. So it's, you know, trying to use a quarter of that mulch last year, like, you wouldn't have been able to get that delivery for that price, right? You would have been buying a couple of bags. It wouldn't have really served your purpose, you know? So it kind of makes sense to me that you're at the point now where you're saying, okay, we're ready to commit to that. Um, Yeah. Everything is in time when it comes to this. I mean, we, we talked about, and I've heard this even in the episodes that predate me, you know, gardening teaches patience, right? You know, (laughs) so the, I just did an episode on that and we were, I was talking about patience and then, 
I cut over to the cat sleeping in the garden <laughs> and the dog just walking around. And I know some people are like, well, what the hell did he cut to that for? And it's like, cause that's like the epitome of patience. Mm-hmm. Like they're just waiting for, I don't know what they're waiting for, but that's all they do is wait, you know? And it, it's so true. Like today's life is so busy. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's almost impossible to, you know, you want things to be done right away, right now. And gardening takes it back to the good old days where you kind of, you know, it's like I was interviewing my, my granny for um, our movie and I was asking her, you know, she grew up on a farm in the 20s, maybe. Mm. Yeah, she's 96 or 30, something like that. And I asked her, I was like, how did you um, how did you water your farm? Because, you know, if they didn't grow it, they didn't eat. Yeah, yeah. That was just plain and simple. And, um, you know, I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, they had a water hose or something. She was like, we waited on the Lord to water it. <laughs> and I was like... Now that is patience. Uh huh. Uh-huh. You know, things are getting dry and you're waiting. But if you want to get scientific, that's not a bad thing because should you water every day? No. You want it to dry up a little bit, right? Because mm-hmm. what do the roots do? They go deeper and they search for water, mm-hmm. which will help bring stronger plants. So there's a, there's a lot to it, man. But the patience thing is it's really hard. I'm guilty of it myself. I think every year um, with gardening teaches me to be more patient in the garden. And, you know, while I don't have the research to prove it, I'm sure someone's done the research. There's a trickling effect, you know, what the, the gains, the things you learn, the satisfaction, you know, the patience that you gain from gardening that trickles into your everyday life. Um, now it doesn't stop me from pressing the button on my computer multiple times when it doesn't go to the place I wanted it to go to, you know? right. but maybe I don't do that as often, you know, with gardening in my life. But computers you expect to get there instantly. <laughs> That's what you expect. But the tomato, you don't expect it to be there instantly or you shouldn't, yeah. you know, you should understand that, you know, it's 95 days to a harvest <laughs> on some things. And that means you have to wait about 115 days in all reality before you get that harvest. Yeah. That number they put on there is not true. And I learned that the hard way last fall. Really quick note, um, when it comes to patience and kind of longer stream, again, off tools for just a quick second. Um, this is when you can diversify your garden, plant things that you can harvest earlier while you're waiting on those wonderful tomatoes to grow. So just a, a yeah. footnote there. Yeah, and uh, I mean we've been off tools for a minute, so <laughs> the title of the of the show just changed. <laughs> but um, where it got a uh, an asterisk to it or yeah. something. Yeah. But yeah, so that is all of our tools. Apparently, now it is our tilling theories <laughs> that we semi agree on, mm-hmm. which is cool. Um, you know. These like again, I I just I want to make it clear that you do not need any of these tools to grow a garden. So they've been growing food for years and years and years and years, hundreds of years, thousands of years with no shovels, mm-hmm. no trowels, gloves or anything. So, you know, these are all luxuries. Um, some things I think are in this day and age are maybe a necessity, but, you know, it's up to you. And, you know, I hope you take our tips and you use them. But um, we got to give you a recipe. Mm-hmm. So it should be about that time of year where Brussels sprouts are coming in. And a lot of people don't like Brussels sprouts. Um, and I think the reason why you don't like Brussels sprouts is just because you haven't had them right personally. <laughs> I grew up and my mom would, um, she only ate the frozen Brussels sprouts mm. <laughs> and they were disgusting. Mm. But um, what we're going to talk about today is coconut rice with Brussels sprouts. So, <laughs> Batavia just got excited. Oh, yay. I've, I didn't, I actually thought I knew where you were headed, but I was wrong and I'm happy that you're headed somewhere different. Yeah. So um, you need the ingredients you're going to need. And this one's kind of long. Usually I give out easy ones, but I felt like going a little difficult today. Um, A cup of brown rice, one and a quarter cups of um, canned light coconut milk, 
two teaspoons of coconut oil or really any kind of oil you want because coconut oil does not add coconut flavor <laughs> in all reality. But you want, if you do use a different oil, just get a low flavor, uh, low flavored oil. Two cups of Brussels sprouts cut in half, a pinch of salt, a um, quarter cup of chopped green onions, quarter cup of fresh basil, quarter cup of fresh mint, and a small avocado that is diced and sesame, uh, sriracha and lime wedges for serving. And then you're going to need to make a sauce, and that's going to have um, a tablespoon of soy sauce, two um, two cloves of garlic, um, two teaspoons of lime juice, two teaspoons of rice vinegar, and one tablespoon of coconut sugar or cane sugar, um, water, and some chilies if you like it hot. Mm. And now I know that everybody's thinking, well, that guy doesn't even measure anything. He's giving us all these measurements. And, and that's because I'm reading you a recipe today. <laughs> um, but you're going to cook the rice. And if you use like a brown rice or something, um, then just put a little bit extra water in it. But you're going to combine the rice with the milk. So you're going to make it kind of soupy, the coconut milk. And then that's going to cook in the flavor into the rice and stay close to it because it will bubble over a little bit. But um, once it starts to bubble and the rice is done, you know, I'm not going to tell you how to make rice. I hope you know how you will make the sauce and you just whisk all those ingredients together in the sauce. You just set it aside. It's pretty simple. And then for the Brussels sprouts. Now, there's two ways to cook Brussels sprouts. You can cook them in the pan with the oil. But if you want to be good, and when you do that, you just kind of brown them. Or you can do like I do, and I like to put them in the oven. Mm. And then that's a low-fat way to do it. And that'll kind of that'll help with you. But you also have to cook the green onions and all of the other vegetables with it. And then um, you can saute that too. And we can go into depth how to saute with water instead of oil one day if you want. But um, we won't do that today. And then you just mix it together and eat. It's pretty simple. So just a lot of different pieces to it. <laughs> I wish I would have eaten before we started this because now... You ain't lying. <laughs> now I'm hungry. <laughs> and I don't have any Brussels sprouts, so I can't I was actually... It. Every time I look at a recipe or hear a recipe, I go through like a checklist. I have that ingredient. I have that ingredient. I, I think I have everything you listed besides the Brussels sprouts. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And one thing that I would probably add to is I'd probably add a little tofu to it. I mean, being that I'm vegetarian, you know, otherwise, like, you know, if you ate meat, a little bit of chicken or something, mm -hmm. I'd probably add a little bit of that to it just to beef it up some. Mm -hmm. Make it a full but, meal um, yeah. versus maybe a side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to be careful when you're eating plant-based meals like this that sometimes they're not as filling. Mm -hmm. So you've got to make, you've got to add something to them to make filling, mm -hmm. but coconut brussels sprout rice sounds good do you have anything you want to announce before we go batavia i do not i'm excited about gardening we've already covered that though previously i think yeah yeah okay That's i think we new? cover that every episode yeah, okay okay yeah <laughs> well we got everything going on here um you know we've got the backyard gardens youtube channel We've got a series going on right now where you can literally watch us remodel our backyard garden that we've talked so much about. Um, by the time this comes out, we should be done. We can go back and watch all the episodes. And Batavia's got a YouTube channel, Be Better Gardens, and she's working on a lot of different stuff for it too. And we're going to do a little, little Sherry Sherry collaboration video for you guys one of these days. We're working on the plan now. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if you guys have any questions about anything gardening, hit us up Instagram, Facebook, whatever at backyard gardens, the movie, and then websites, backyard gardens, the .com. Uh, we're still filming the documentary. We got all that stuff going on and thank you for joining us and we will see you guys next time. See ya. I hope you enjoyed our conversation today. You can find us at Backyard Gardens the Movie on Facebook and Backyard Gardener on Instagram. 
and YouTube is Backyard Gardener, where I'm doing videos showing cooking and building gardens and gardening tips, all kinds of good stuff. And you can find Batavia at... You'll find me on Instagram at B underscore Better Garden. And then you'll find me on Facebook, same name. And then I'm also over on YouTube at Be Better Garden. I am sharing hashtag Garden Joy every chance I get. I hope you enjoy. So if you have any questions, hit us up on all of our platforms anywhere you want. And we will be more than happy to help you with what you can. And again, thanks for listening. And we will see you guys next time. Cut. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in.